Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together and you may be seated. This afternoon, I want to share a very short message with you, which I call The Church and the Lost. Wow. The Church and the Lost. We must always remind ourselves why God sent his only begotten son to die for us. We must always remind ourselves as a church, we must never lose focus, never lose sight of why God sent his only begotten son to die for us. Number one, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. Everyone has sinned. And we have come short of the glory of God. Everyone has sinned. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. There is none that can stand righteous before God. The Bible says, For all have sinned. All have sinned. Say, you have sinned. Say, I have sinned. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have sinned. You know, there is a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20. Very interesting scripture. Look at that. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 20. If you have the... Um, let's look at that from... It says, For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Isn't that amazing? There is not a just man upon the earth. On the earth that we live, there is, you know, look at the New Living Translation. What does it say? The New Living Translation. It says, not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. Not a single person that is always good and never sins. Not even one. Isn't that amazing? Claudia, not one single person on earth that is always good and never sins. So the Bible says, for all have sinned and we have all come short of the glory of God. Number two, Romans 6 verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. When you sin, your pay, your paycheck is death. The Bible says, for all have sinned. So we all have a paycheck of death. Do you understand? So you wonder why you are alive today. How many of you went to work this week? You went to work this week. How many of you received paycheck this week? 
You see, everyone went to work, but not everyone received a paycheck. How many of you will receive a paycheck someday, next week? Next week. Though you work this week, but you receive a paycheck next week. You see, that is wages. When you work, you don't get paid right away. So when we talk about wages, it is something that is waiting for you to receive. You accumulate them. You didn't get paid, but you go to work again. Isn't that so? Because you are expecting to be paid. Now, that is how sin is also. When we sin, the Bible says we have wages. We are accumulating wages. Our sins are accumulating wages. And we are going to receive a paycheck of death. And the scripture says, there is none righteous. There is no one. There is no single person here on earth who does good all the time and does not sin. Not one single person. Bibi, isn't that amazing? So you look at someone and you say, oh, this person looks very holy. This person looks like someone that I can trust. He is a sinful man or a sinful woman. Not one single person. Hallelujah. Number three, Hebrews 9 and verse 22. He says, and almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Without shedding of blood is no remission. Without shedding of blood, we live in our sins. We have all sinned. We have all come short of the glory of God. And without shedding of blood, we will receive our wages. There is no remission without shedding of blood. Now, this is the reason why God sent his son to die for us. This is the reason. And we must remind ourselves always that this is the main reason why God sent Jesus Christ to die for us. This is the main reason why God's son came here on earth. That we will be reconciled with God. That our sins will be forgiven. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John 3 and verse 16, It says, for God so loved the world. God so loved Ghanaians. God so loved the Akans. God so loved black people. God so loved Spanish people. The Bible says, God so loved the world. So loved the world. God so loved Muslims. God so loved Hindus. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. How many of you will give your one of your five sons or one of your one of your ten sons even if you have ten would you give one but you see there was an agency there was a need for God to give his only begotten son the only begotten son the only son of God there was a need for God to give him because he says without the shedding of blood is there no remission? And so Jesus has to come to die for us. This is the reason why Jesus Christ was made manifest. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That means we were on our way to perishing. Many people are on their way to perishing. But when we receive Jesus Christ, the Bible says we have everlasting life. Hallelujah. 
Say, say, I have everlasting life. Amen. So you see, if you are a Christian or you call yourself a Christian and you have not received Jesus Christ, then there is no purpose of you being a Christian. Because the main reason why Jesus came is so that you will not perish. No Christian should perish. No one who calls himself a Christian should perish. Hallelujah. No one who comes to this church should perish. You should not come in the presence of God and live and go on perishing. You should not go perishing. Hallelujah. Because for that reason, God gave his son to you. For that reason. He says, he so loved the world. He so loved the world that he didn't know what to do with himself. That he gave his only son. Only son. Amen. Even your son who is not doing well in life, you will not give him. But this is God's son. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? This is the son of God. He gave him that you and I will receive salvation. Hallelujah. Now, after we've been in a church for some time, after we've been in a church for a while, we tend to lose focus of this fact. After we've been in a church, we've known ourselves and we are happy and we come nicely dressed and we go and we come. We tend to lose focus of this fact. That this is the primary reason for the existence of the church. If it wasn't for the fact that God gave his son to come and die for us, there will not be any church. This is the reason for the existence of the church. And we must not lose focus of that. We must remind ourselves always that the reason why I am here is because Christ died for me. The reason why we are here as a family is because we have all received Christ. That is the reason. Hallelujah. That is the reason. That is the reason why I know you. That is the reason why we have met. Without, without that, there is no church. If we take that out, there is no church. There is no such gathering as a church. But a church is a place where people who have received Christ gather. People who have welcomed this gift of God, this is the place we gather. And we must remind ourselves always. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, because humans, we will always have our needs. We will always have needs. There is always a need that we have. When Jesus met the disciples, they were fishing. They had need. They had need to go fishing. They had need to feed their families. They had need to run their businesses. But when he called them, he ignored their needs. He ignored their needs and he says, I will make you not fishers of fishes, but fishers of men. This is the reason why he came and he was not going to mingle that with anything else. Immediately he called them. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Though they had needs, though he very much knew that they had needs. But the priority, the first thing, was that they will be made, they will be made fishers of men. Hallelujah. Yes, we have needs for wedding, but the church does not exist because of weddings. The church does not exist because of marriages. 
Amen. That is not the reason for the church. There are some people who go to church because they want to find a good husband or they want to find a good wife. Yes, you came with that reason, but this afternoon I am telling you the reason why the church exists, the reason why there are good wives and good husbands in the church is because God gave his only begotten son to die for us. That is the reason. Yes, you will come here and find beautiful nice good wives here that I can guarantee you because they have been fed well I said they have been fed well so if you have come here for a husband or for a wife you have come to the right place but I'm announcing to you this afternoon that this existence the existence of the church is for that God gave his only begotten son to die for us not for your wife or for your husband. Not for your wedding. Some people join churches so they can have their weddings in the church. Some people join churches so they can have a baby shower. When they are pregnant, then they join the church. True or not true? But the church does not exist for your baby shower. The church exists because God gave his only begotten son. Because we were on our way to perishing. We were on our way to perishing. And this is the reason why God gave his only son. Kwame, we should not lose focus of that. We should never lose focus of that. We will do our hair and do our makeup and wear our suits and our tie and do all kinds of things to be here, but we should not lose focus of the fact that the reason for the church is that God gave his only begotten son to die for us. We should not lose focus of that. The church does not exist so that we can have end-of-year Christmas parties. The church does not exist so that we can have break bread together on Easter. Do you understand? You see, all of that makes us happy to be in the place. All of that is necessary. You see, the Bible says in Acts chapter, four, that, uh, Acts chapter 2 that they went breaking bread together. They were all breaking bread from one house to the other and God was adding to them. That is all attractive for us to be here, but we should not lose focus of the fact that the reason for the church is that God gave his son to die for us and that the church exists for that. That is why the church exists. That is why the church exists. And we should never lose focus of that. We should never lose focus of that. Amen. That is the reason for the church. Not even for choir ministration. That is not the reason for the church. Not even for the music and dancing. That is not the reason for the church. The reason for the church is for souls to be one. Souls to be one. The reason for the church is to go after the lost. To gather and be equipped that we can go after the lost. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Otherwise, we become irrelevant. Amen. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. Acts chapter 6. It says, and in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of Grecians against the Hebrews. You see, when the, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, and that is what happens in the church. When we are increased, when the number multiplies, 
You see, initially you see that there may be a five people who are having a fellowship and it's all about the word. You see, when the church is only five people and we gather, we are not going to talk about weddings and parties and we are not going to talk about you didn't come for my baby dedication and we didn't come for my funeral. It's never going to be an issue. But you see, he says, and when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring. That means complaints among the Greeks and the Hebrews. The Grecians or the Greeks were complaining about the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They were complaining. You see, this is now the main thing in the church. That when we come, we are watching who is ministering to and who is not ministering to. When they gather, they are watching which widows are being ministered to, which widows are receiving their fair share of what the church contributes. This was the main discussion that was among the church. So every time they are going, that is what the pastors are praying about. That today there will be peace among the widows. That the Greeks will stop complaining. And that will be the message. To preach that the Greeks will stop complaining. That, and to explain that it is fair share. You know, everyone is getting, we don't have much. We are distributing equally. And it may appear as though you are not having enough. But we are giving equally. It's like welfare. You see, so the church turns into such. And the preaching also becomes that. Do you understand? So, the, the pastor's time is, is, is spent solving issues like that. That this Greek woman comes and this Hebrew woman comes and he says that I see that this Greek woman is wearing different hairstyles and this one is wearing this and this one. So, how come the church is giving different types of wig to this one and then different, give, giving us um, blonde, blonde hair and we are getting the, you see, that will become the issue of the church. And this is this is this is this is the, this becomes the main problem in the church. This will become so when we when we come and we are going home, the discussion is that now we feel that there is fairness in the church. The Greeks are receiving their portion as the so, so then we say the pastors are doing their work. The leaders are doing their work. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So it's in verse two. He says, then the twelve called the multitudes of the disciples unto them. The twelve sat down. The twelve that Jesus gave this ministry to. The ministry of soul winning. The ministry of preaching the word. The ones who heard the master give this instruction. They came together and says, no, 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 no. So they called all the disciples unto them. They called the whole church. The first service and the second service. All together. And said, it is no reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Because you see, the unfairness about the widow's distribution has become necessary such that after check, the pastors have to be at the table to serve. So that there is fairness. That there is peace. So that the, 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 the health ministers, they are not hiding the food under the table, the pastor has to now come and stand and make sure that everyone is receiving their share. (laughs) 
It's, some, it's not something that happens in our church. Don't you wish that I would be there? Sometimes I have gone there to check and say, is that all we have? Is there anything that is under? You see, instead of, you see, we have to check. Because others will be complaining that I didn't get enough. But at the end of it, we saw that people were taking pants in their cars. So at the end of the service, we are saying we are breaking bread and you find some people sitting here morose. And, oh, why are you not going to? I don't want to go there because when I go there, you know, the way they... You see, that becomes the main issue. And for that, people even leave the church. For that reason. People leave the church. Because there's no fairness in sharing. So they said, it is not reason. It does not make sense. That we should leave the word of God and set the tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This is the main reason. This is the purpose. This is the purpose for the church. The purpose of the church is not to stand at tables and share. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. So, and then, and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God, listen to what happened. It says, when they did that, the Bible says, and the word of God increased. The word of God increased. The reason, you see, when we do not make room, when we do not make way for the reason for the existence of the church, the word of God will not increase. But when we make the prior, when we set priorities to prayer and the preaching of the word, the Bible says the word of God increased. And then what happened? And the number of the disciples to multiply in Jerusalem. How? Greatly! 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 Greatly. We will not multiply greatly as long as our main focus is about sharing of bread at the tables. We will not multiply greatly if our main focus is off soul winning. If our main focus is not about the preaching of the word. If our main focus is not about the lost. We will not multiply greatly. We will become irrelevant. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Any church which loses focus of the lost, when we lose focus of the lost, that we come to church and the lost is not on our mind, that we come to church and we live and we don't care about the lost, we become irrelevant. We become irrelevant church. And this is the reason why many churches have died. 
The reason why the united denomination of the Lighthouse Group of Churches is thriving and going forward is because our focus is always on soul winning. That is the only reason. I said that is the only reason. That is what has made us a relevant church. And that it has made us so relevant in heaven. Oh yes. Among many churches right now here on earth, our church has become so relevant in heaven because our focus is on soul winning. That is our focus. Our focus is about the loss. Our focus is on the outermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. That is why we are a relevant church. That is why we are alive. Hallelujah. Otherwise, we become irrelevant. Luke chapter 15. I'm almost done with my message. Luke chapter 15. Verse 3. Luke chapter 15, verse 3. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15 and verse 3. He says, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? He said, What man of you? So that means you are really some way if there is a lost and you don't go and find it. Jesus can't find a man on earth who is like you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Jesus cannot find a man. Jesus cannot find a man to relate with you. It's like there is, it must be a really, um, uh, some alien, not on this earth. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, what man, what man of you, who amongst you? Now, how many of you will say, I have 100 sheep, so when I lose one, I have 99, so let the one go? How many of you, Jerry, would you say that? I have 100 sheep, so uh, just one is lost, so let it go. We are here, we, I mean, we have our church, so who cares? He said, what man of you, having 100 sheep, if he lose one of them, that not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it. He will leave the ninety and nine in the church and will go after the lost, looking for the lost until he finds it. Now, until he finds the lost, he's still looking. Until he finds the lost. So, you see, you become irrelevant at a point whilst he's still looking for the lost. You become irrelevant. You do not become exciting. You do not become nice. You do not become a mood-changing church. You don't become a beautiful church. Amen. So the next verse says, And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulder, rejoicing. Say rejoicing. He laid it on his shoulder, rejoicing. Hallelujah. Suddenly your mood is changed. Suddenly there is beauty. Suddenly there is excitement. Rejoicing. You see, and you would think that there are 99. Why not be happy with the 99? But for the lost. 
I'm talking about the church and the lost. The church and the lost. He says, he laid it on his shoulder and come rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I am telling you, whenever you bring one lost, one lost, one lost soul, one lost soul, you can be assured, you can be guaranteed that Jesus has come to rejoice with you. When there is one single lost soul, I can guarantee you that in that day, in that moment, Jesus has come to rejoice with us. He says, and when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors. You see, this is the reason for the church. This is the reason for the gathering. The reason for the gathering is that the loss has been found. Hallelujah. He calleth them, come. The reason for praise and worship is because the loss has been found. The reason for drumming and singing and dancing is because the loss has been found. He says, he calleth his friends, his neighbors, he calls them. You call, are you not coming? Come, come. The loss has been found. And let's celebrate. And so he says, I say unto you that likewise, the same way. Likewise, the same way. Joy. He said that likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented. Over one sinner that repented. There is joy in heaven. More than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Wow. That is very profound. I said that is very profound. That you see, we can be here, 99 of us rejoicing and singing and dancing and being happy. We are irrelevant. We are irrelevant compared to if there is one lost soul that gives his life to Christ. The existence of the church is for the lost. The existence of the church. That we are happy together. You didn't invite me to your wedding. You didn't call me for your birthday. I called you and you didn't come. You didn't do this. You didn't come to this. You didn't come to my this. You didn't attend this. You didn't give me this. You didn't call me on my birthday. You didn't celebrate with me. You didn't sing. You didn't dance. You, you see, all of that is irrelevant if we do not go after the lost. If we do not go after the lost. All of that. Amen. Anytime one lost soul is brought to the church, I say we can guarantee that the Lord comes to celebrate with us. He calleth his friends. He, call, he says, I say unto you that likewise, likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented. Joy will be in heaven. You see, a church that brings beauty, mood changing, nice thing and excitement in heaven is the church that goes after the lost. Rhoda, do you understand? It's the church that goes after the lost. If we are not going after the lost, the Lord leaves us. He leaves us. And he goes. He will go. He will go. He will go until he has found the lost. So when we announce to him that one lost has come, then he comes back to rejoice with us. He comes back to celebrate with us. When we announce to him that there is one lost sinner that we have found, He comes back. 
He says he will go until he has. He says he will leave the 99 that just persons. 99 just persons. 90, how many of you are born again? You are born again, Christian. He, the Lord will leave us and go. What a shock. Amen. The next one, the Holy Ghost is given to us for this purpose. The Holy Ghost is given to us for this purpose. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but ye shall receive power. How many of you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. You speak in tongues. Oh, why? Today you don't speak in tongues anymore. Yes. It says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then what will happen? And ye shall be witnesses. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it makes you a witness. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, it makes us witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we don't learn to become witnesses. We become witnesses. When you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you are turned into a witness. Amen. So if you have received the power of the Holy Spirit and you are not witnessing because of your your holding on to what you are supposed to witness, someone is going to jail. Someone is being perished. Someone is going to hell. And the Bible says the blood of that person will be required at your hand. Because you saw the murder case and you say you didn't see it. You are a witness that can testify for someone to be saved, but you are withholding your testimony. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is for witnessing. Hallelujah. You see, there must be people in this church who are willing to go out. Go out of the city. Go out of the country. If you have received the Holy Spirit, there must be that burning, that burning in you. That There must be that desire to go out to witness. Some young people should be able to rise up and say, we are going, we are joining a mission to the Caribbean. Oh, yes. We are joining a mission to the Caribbean. And when our children expresses such, when our children express such desire, we should not hinder them. We should not hinder them. Amen. When a young person, you, you hear a young person talking like that, some of you older people, you should not suppress them and say, what do you know? If you cannot go, encourage someone to go. Amen. Encourage someone to go. Don't suppress them. Don't discourage them. Amen. Don't discourage them. 
If we have received the Holy Spirit, that is what we are supposed to do. There must be a desire. There must be a desire. You see, you, we should not be the church that we beg people to come for evangelism. We should not be the church that is conjuring and begging people and all kinds of things before we go for evangelism. If we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus backs any church that goes out to win souls. He supports any church that goes out to win souls. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you see, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me for that reason. Therefore, as a result of that, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Someone has received authority from heaven and on earth. And he's giving you a backing and a command. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he says, and surely, I'm reading from the NIV. He says, and surely, I am with you always. I am with you always. You see, a guarantee, a thing to guarantee that the Lord is with you always is a person that is going out there to witness. assure you that any time you make your mind to go out to win souls you can have the full assurance of heaven and on earth that the Lord is with you. That the power of heaven and earth is backing you. He says and surely I am with you always always as long as that is your focus. As long as you are going out to win souls I am with you always. In terms of your marriage I will be with you. When you are having children I will be with you. When you are looking for a job I will be with you. I am with you always. 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 That is assurance. You can guarantee on that. It is the word of God. I didn't write the Bible. I said I didn't write the Bible. He says, and surely, and you can, you can rest assured, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To the very end. You can assure the presence of God with you. So as you step out, as you step up, I'm not talking about if you win so. As you step out with the aim, with the goal that I am going out to evangelize, you can have the full assurance at that moment that Jesus is with you. Amen. I say that Jesus is with you. I think it's a good time at that time to ask him for something. It is a good time to ask for a job. It is a good time at that time to ask him for promotion. It is a good time at that time to ask for whatever you need because surely he is with you. You can guarantee that. If that is your focus. He's with you. Amen. Amen. There is no doubt. The Bible says, and surely I am with you. Always. Always. I am with you always. That means in your bedroom, as you are making up your mind to go, he's with you. 
as you sit in your car, he's with you. He's with you when you sit to take your exams. If that is your focus, he's with you always. He's with you always. He's with you always. You can guarantee that. So the best time to ask Jesus for anything is when you are going out to win souls. When you are going out to win souls. You can guarantee that his ears are with your mouth. His ears are there. He's hearing you. That is his assurance. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely, surely, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Hallelujah. See, the power of God does not come when we stay in our home churches. That's the next thing. The power of God does not come when we stay in our home churches, among our own company, among our own kinsmen, in our own house, making ourselves happy. Amen. The power of God does not come when we stay in our home churches, among our own company. Mark chapter 6. Don't worry, we're almost done. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. You see, this is a spiritual principle. And it, 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 it is true for everyone. The power of God does not make manifest if we stay amongst ourselves, happy with ourselves, making ourselves happy, celebrating birthdays, and celebrating weddings and baby dedications, and if that is all we are doing, there's no manifestation of the power. He says, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. Are you watching? His disciples also follow him to his, the same country, the same kinsmen. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Where is the synagogue? That's a church. In his own country. Among his own kinsmen. The church in his own country. The church among his own kinsmen. He says, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Many hearing him were astonished. You see, we get astonished by the preaching of the word. But listen, saying, from whence had this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? It's not this the carpenter. Then they started questioning. People who know him already. People who are familiar with his ministry. People who are familiar with his upbringing. People who know where he takes shower, where he goes to the restaurant, which food he likes. People who saw him growing up, running around butt naked, they saw all of this. And today he's standing in the synagogue and preaching powerfully. They acknowledge that. They saw that. And they were astonished by the words that were coming out of his mouth. But they started making analysis because they knew him. 
It's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James. They are trying to be sure. Perhaps it's someone else. So they're analyzing. It's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? How come we are not seeing all these things amongst the other ones? His sisters and his brothers. Are they not here with us? And they were offended at him. They were offended at him. And the Bible says, But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kings, and in his own house, among his own people, in his own country, and in his own house, that is where the prophet has no honor. Because there is no power manifestation. When the prophet has no honor, it means there is no power manifestation. And that is also true with Jesus. Jesus. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is also true with the Son of God. That when he doesn't go out, when he doesn't move, when he's staying in the same synagogue, in his own country, and his own people, and the same familiar people, there is no manifestation of the power. Even Jesus. So the Bible says, the next verse, and he could there do no mighty work. There he could do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. That's all. So maybe that day he was just healing headaches and backache and toothache. And, but no mighty works. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? When we do not go, when we do not go, there is no power manifestation. When we don't go after the loss. So the next verse, it says, And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around because of that. He went round about the villages. He went round about the villages teaching. And he called unto the, the twelve also and began to send them forth two by two. He says, we can't do much here if we stay here. If we don't go after the lost and we will stay after these people that we have been preaching to and preaching to and preaching to, there will not be much. So he began to send the disciples out two by two. Go, you go. You go to this village. Go to this village. They have never seen us here before. They have never seen us there. They have never seen us here. They have never seen us. You go there. Go there. Go there. And give them power. 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 When they went out, he gave them power. Power. Say power. Power. These were disciples that followed him just to the synagogue and there was no power. But when they decided to step out, when they started going out two by two, when they started to leave the church to go out, he says he gave them power over unclean spirits. Power. The power comes when we go out. You see, there are some amongst you here, you have no, you have no knowledge of how much power is in you as you are sitting here. You see, these are disciples who have followed him. They have heard several sermons. They have heard him preach powerful sermons. They have heard him, they have seen him perform wonderful miracles, but they could not do much until they decide to go out. And then they receive power to cast out evil spirits. Power. You receive power as you decide to go out. You have no idea how much power is sitting in you as you are sitting there like that. You are like a 
bomb for their demons. You are like a, a, a grenade for demons. You are like a grenade for devils and clean spirits. You are like a grenade, but only when you go out. When you go out. The grenades, they are not meant for here. Do you understand? Because as we are here, there are very few evil spirits. Not many. Not many. So we don't need grenade. They are outside. You are all born again. Isn't that so? And you have given up all your... <laughs> Let me preach my preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The power comes when we go out. The power comes. The power is given for the ones that are ready to go out. He said he sent them out two by two. Two by two. Johnson, there's power, power, power. But it comes out when you go out. Power, it comes out when you go out. Amen. Let's read one last scripture. Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Acts chapter 11. See, there is no power. There is no power, no power when we are just ministering to ourselves, amongst ourselves, making ourselves happy, patting ourselves on the back and saying, oh, you are powerful. You are powerful. You are powerful. Wow, what a word. You are powerful. What a word, Patrick. You are powerful. What a word. You see, when we are, there's no power. You see, before we read that, look at, um, look at um, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 1. John chapter 3. Quickly. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said, you are powerful. He says the word is powerful. He says, wow, what a word. The same came to Jesus by night. And says, we know. He says, Rabbi. He said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Because your word is too powerful. We know that you have come from God directly. Hope, do you understand? You see, someone came to Jesus. He heard the message. He heard Jesus preaching. And then he came. Wow, Rabbi, that was a powerful word. And the word that you shared, there is no doubt that you have come from God. He says, we know that thou art a teacher from God. That means that it's not only him. You see, he's the one that was bold. That means it was a conversation going on among the Pharisees. It was something that they all knew. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. We know that. We know that. We say it amongst ourselves, yes, that we can tell you. You But I want to tell you that you are powerful. You are powerful. Now look, you see, this is what we do. Do you understand? 
And then we also, oh, oh, glory be to God. Oh, yeah. We give glory to God. Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Oh, honor and glory to God. And then our heads are also swelling as pastors. You see, we like that. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, ask for the word, Michapa. You know, I have the word. It's like, as, a, as for the word, I mean, on, only you don't come. But if you will come, ask for the word. You see? And then we are like that. But look, he says, Jesus answered and said, You see, Jesus did not come to relieve, receive the glory and power for immediately, immediately. The man's soul was on his mind. Immediately. Jesus ignored the praises. He did not focus on the praises. Immediately he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you are born again, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Forget about the praises. Forget about the powerful message. Forget about what you have heard. Forget about me preaching to you and being blessed. But I'm telling you that except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Amen. That is the main reason why he's here. Not to receive accolades. Not to receive praises. Not to receive honor. And the moment that he got the opportunity, he wanted to make sure that yes, you like the word, but are you born again? You like the word, but are you born? He says, except, you, say, you like the word, let's put that aside. But I'm telling you, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born again, he can like the word. He can appreciate the word. He can give me all praises. He can acknowledge that I come from God. But unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Our time is up. So we will pause here and then we will continue next time that you move. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. And grateful. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to the main reason, the purpose, and the focus for your coming here on the earth to die for our sins. The reason for your suffering, the reason for the cross. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful this afternoon. Father, help us. May we never become a child that is irrelevant. May we never become the church that does not have the power. May we not be the church that does not go out. But Lord, I pray, as we go out, let the power of the Spirit go with us. For you promise that surely you will always be with us, even to the end of the age. We pray, Lord, may we become relevant in the heaven. Let us be the church that brings excitement in heaven. May we become the church that brings beauty in heaven. The church that brings celebrations in the heavens. Father, may we be a church which will cause you to come back to celebrate with us. For the lost will be in our church. We glorify your name. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Now with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. You are here. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive salvation. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said to him, 
except a man be born again unless you give your life to Jesus unless you come back to the Savior unless you confess your sins and give your life to Jesus except a man be born again he cannot he cannot see the kingdom of heaven you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus I want to receive Jesus Christ the reason for the Savior the reason for the giving of the Son of God the reason why Jesus came you are saying I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life this afternoon I want to welcome Jesus Christ I want to be born again I do not want to go to hell I want to see the kingdom of heaven if that is your prayer wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you lift up your hand I see your hand lift up your hand is there anyone else you want to give your life to Jesus you want to give your life you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life if there's anyone here just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that is there anyone here like that beloved do not leave this place without receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior do not walk out of this place there may not be another chance there may not be another opportunity you may not even have the opportunity to hear this message again if you are here and you hear his voice and you are hearing a voice it is telling you today is your day today is your chance harden not your heart if that is you you want to give your life to jesus just lift up your hand and i'll pray with you you are hearing the voice of god right now and he says my son my daughter lift up your hand and i want to receive you is anyone here like that anyone here like that There's one last call i hear one person here there is one more person the lord is ministering to you the lord is speaking to you right now and he said this is your chance this is your opportunity do not leave this place without receiving jesus christ as your savior there is one more person and you can hear the voice clearly you can hear it right now ringing in your ear that you need to give your life to jesus i don't know how long you will have to do this but this is your opportunity do not leave this place do not leave this place without receiving jesus christ as your savior if that is you just come right now just come and receive jesus why don't you all join and say this with me all the congregation say lord jesus, lord jesus. thank you for dying for me i have sinned against you lord jesus i am the lost child today you have found me lord jesus i come back i come back with a heart full of repentance forgive me of my sins cleanse me of all my unrighteousness lord jesus this afternoon i welcome you into my heart lord jesus be my lord be my master be my savior please write my name please write my name in the book of life thank you jesus 
for saving me. From today, I will serve you. I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for your precious daughter. Father, you say for such you came. You say you will leave the 99 righteous who need no repentance and you go after people like us. Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful. Indeed, oh God, you say when such a thing happens, we can be assured that the heavens are celebrating. This afternoon, Lord, we have that full assurance that there's celebration in the heavens because a precious daughter for whom you will leave all the 99 and go after until you find her, you have brought her back to the flock. Glory and honor to you. And now, Lord, therefore, our prayer this afternoon is that you build a hedge around her. Let the enemy not have a hand in her life. In the name of Jesus, I pray for a covering. I pray for protection. May you keep her. May you preserve her. May you protect her. May you assign a special angel to walk with her. Never again shall the enemy have a hand in her life. Satan will remove your hand forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.